in this week's study, we are going to go deeper and deeper into God's word. Remember last week, we learned that Abraham trusted God. Abraham had so much faith in God that even when God told him to sacrifice his only son, he still followed God's instructions. But the angel of the Lord came through and stopped Abraham and said, Abraham, now God knows that you trust him. So what about that boy, Isaac? Isaac is now a grown man. And this week, we're going to learn more about Isaac and his son, Jacob. The title for our lesson this week is A Man Named Jacob, Part 1. Are you ready? Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you again for giving us another opportunity to dive deeper and deeper into your word. Please open up our hearts and our minds to receive and understand your word. And Father, please put your words into my mouth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My friend, let's go deeper. All right, so we are jumping back into the story and we're moving forward to Genesis chapter 25, starting at verse 19. This is the genealogy of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham begot Isaac. Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah as wife, the daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian of Padan Aram, the sister of Laban, the Syrian. So now we have Isaac fully grown and married. He has a wife and his wife is named Rebekah. But I want us to look at this a little closer because there's something that we need to know. When Isaac got married, I want us to go to Genesis chapter 24 and look at verse 67. Something small, but I need to make sure we know this. Genesis chapter 24, looking at verse 67. Genesis chapter 24, verse 67. It says, then Isaac brought her into his mother, Sarah's tent. And he took Rebekah and she became his wife and he loved her. We understand this so far, but the last part. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. So now we know the true situation. Yes, Isaac is a full grown man. Yes, Isaac has a wife, but Isaac has also lost his mother. This is where we are in our study. Isaac is married. His wife's name is Rebecca. And we know his mother, Sarah had already died. The next verse 21 says, now Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren and the Lord granted his plea and Rebecca, his wife conceived. So we go from learning that Isaac, the boy that we last saw being willing to be offered as a sacrifice because his father Abraham said God had instructed. it. Now this boy is a man and he has gotten married, but there's an issue. There's a problem. This man wants children and so does his wife, Rebecca, but she can't because She's barren. So we see Isaac going to God and pleading for his wife. 
to have a baby. It's interesting how his father's faith, Abraham's faith has been transferred to his son, Isaac. God, I know you are the one that can answer prayers. I saw my father trust you. So Isaac pleads to God to give his wife a baby. But I want us to go a bit deeper. What does the Bible teach about going to God in prayer? Let's go to Psalms 50, verse 15. Psalms chapter 50. And I want us to look at verse 15. Psalms chapter 50, looking at verse 15, talking about going to God in prayer. Verse 15 says, Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. We're talking about God and him answering our prayers. When we go to God in prayer, we can go to him all the time, especially when we are in trouble. What about Isaiah 65 verse 24? Going to God in prayer. Isaiah chapter 65, looking at verse 24. Isaiah 65 Verse 24, it says, it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are still speaking, I will hear. We're talking about going to God in prayer because Isaac was pleading with God to give his wife a child. Isaiah once again lets us know that before we pray, God knows and is ready to answer. What about Philippians chapter four? Philippians chapter four, looking at verse six. Philippians chapter four, looking at verse six. Mm. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God in everything, in every situation. Instead of worrying, we are to go to God. Isaac pleaded with God. We should take everything to God in prayer. But then what about the second part? The Lord granted his plea. Here's the question. So what does the Bible say about God answering prayers? I want us to go to Psalms 145 and look at verse 19. Psalms 145, looking at verse 19. It says, he, God, will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. He also will hear their cry and save them. We're talking about God's ability and desire to answer prayers. He hears and answers the prayers of those who respect him. What about Proverbs 10 verse 24? Proverbs chapter 10, looking at verse 24. Proverbs 10 verse 24, it says, the fear of the wicked will come upon him 
and the desire of the righteous will be granted. God desires to answer our prayers. Again, he will answer the prayers of the righteous. Isaac understood this. So he went to God and pleaded with him on behalf of his wife, Sarah. This is where we are in the story. And we continue verse 22, but the children struggled together within her. And she, Sarah said, if all is well, why am I like this? So she, Sarah went to inquire of the Lord. So we're fast forwarding in the story because now she has conceived. The babies are in her womb, but there's an issue. There's a struggle. And she, as the mother, is feeling what's happening inside of her. God, if everything is well, why am I feeling this struggle in my stomach? This is where we are in the story. And remember, we're trying to get the background of this man named Jacob. So Sarah went and asked God, what is going on? God replied. And the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb. Two peoples shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other and the older shall serve the younger. Basically, God said, Sarah, you're about to have twins and you're about to birth two nations, two people. But it's so interesting because God proceeded to tell her more about the future. He let her know that the youngest was going to rule over the eldest in the womb. There were two babies, but the younger would be the one that would be the head. We're getting the background story. We're getting the information we need to understand as we come upon this man named Jacob. So God revealed this information to Sarah. Verse 24. So when her days were fulfilled for her to give birth, indeed, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red. He was like a hairy garment all over. So they called his name Esau. Now, when I was reading this verse in preparation for our study this week, I thought to myself, I've seen babies come out of the womb. I watched my sister have three children and I was there watching them come out of the womb. I've seen what it looks like for a newborn baby to come out of the womb. It says that Esau was red all over and he had so much hair. He was like a hairy garment. Babies don't come out like that. Normally they don't normally have hair all over their body. There was something different about Esau. You know, it's funny as I was studying it, I thought about our idea of a manly man, right? Now, if you are in America, we say that the facial hair, a man having a beard. Wow, that's very manly, right? So I imagine Esau being that type of baby, the baby that the guys are like, yeah, yeah, 
He's going to be a manly man. This was the very first of the twins. Esau ran all over and like a hairy garment. But what about the second baby? What about the second baby? Verse 26. Afterward, his brother came out and his hand took hold of Esau's heel. So his name was called Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore him. Now we're seeing this man named Jacob being introduced as a baby. And the very first thing we learn about him is the fact that even coming out of the womb, he had this desire to take over. He grabbed the heel of his brother Esau. Can you imagine watching this happen? Babies coming out and one grabbing the heel of the other. This was Jacob. But another interesting fact is brought out in this verse. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. How long had Isaac and Rebekah been waiting for children? Remember in Genesis 25 verse 20, we read that Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah as wife. So they waited 20 years to have children. God promises to answer our prayers, but we will not always receive the answer immediately. Isaac and Rebecca, they got married and they wanted a child and Isaac pleaded with God, but Isaac and Rebecca had to wait 20 years. Here's the fact as human beings, we don't like to wait, but there's something special attached to waiting on the Lord. I want us to go a bit deeper. I want us to answer this question. What does the Bible say about those who wait on the Lord? I want us to look at three verses. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31. Isaiah 40 and verse 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. We're talking about the blessings attached to waiting on the Lord. Isaac and Rebecca had to wait 20 years before they had a child, but understanding that those who wait on the Lord shall receive strength. What about Psalms chapter 27 and verse 14? What does this verse tell us about waiting on the Lord? Psalms chapter 27, looking at verse 14, Psalms 27, verse 14, it says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. What happens when we wait on the Lord? He will strengthen our hearts. We're talking about 
waiting on the Lord. He will strengthen your heart. What about Psalms chapter 37 and verse 34? Psalms chapter 37, looking at verse 34. It says, wait on the Lord and keep his way and he shall exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you shall see it. We're talking about the blessings attached to waiting on the Lord. God will exalt you. Isaac was 60 years old when his sons were born. So we see that Isaac and Rebekah waited for God to give them children. And now we have Esau and Jacob coming out. So the boys grew, the twins, and Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field, but Jacob was a mild man, dwelling in tents. And Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Remember, we're getting the background story because we want to understand this man named Jacob. This is just part one. And we see the twins again, when they came out the womb, Jacob had grabbed Esau's heel. So there was already kind of this struggle, this tug of war between these two boys that were twins. But now we see even more differences. Esau was the manly man. The one that was in the field. He was out there hunting. And Jacob, still a very good man, was more mild-mannered, dwelling in the tents. And we see this favoritism arise. Isaac loved Esau. Rebekah loved Jacob. Now, I want to break down this word game. In the New King James Version, it said that Esau ate of his father's game. What does the word game, what does game refer to? Well, in the Hebrew, it just basically refers to venison, deer, some type of meat, victuals. So he was a man of the field and Isaac loved that about him. So we're seeing the differences between these two brothers. Again, we have Esau and Jacob. Twins were born to Isaac and Rebekah, finally, after 20 years of waiting. But then we fast forward. The twins have now gotten older. And we're starting to see a little bit more of their characters, their personality coming out. Verse 29, now Jacob cooked a stew and Esau came in from the field and he was weary. Verse 30, and Esau said to Jacob, please feed me that same red stew for I am weary. Therefore his name was called Edom. So very simple scene. Jacob just happens to be cooking after his brother has come in. And I want you to imagine they didn't have cars and machines like we have now. So Esau had spent time expending energy in the field and now he was hungry. 
I can imagine him walking through the field and smelling the aroma of his brother's cooking like, ooh, mm, I can't wait to get some of that stew. So Esau rolls up, hey, Jacob, listen, man, I am so tired and that food you are cooking smells so good. Can I just get some of that red stew? A brother is tired. This was the request. Don't forget, Esau and Jacob were twins. And usually twins are extremely close. Thick as thieves, two peas in a pod. So this request is not abnormal. But remember, this is a story of a man named Jacob. So now it's time for us to see how did Jacob respond to his brother's request. Let's continue. Verse 31. Then Jacob responded. But Jacob said, sell me your birthright as of this day. Wait a minute. Esau's hungry. He asks you for some food and your response is sell me your birthright. I want us to pause for a second because we're trying to understand this man named Jacob. The very fact that Jacob's response to his brother's request was such an um, intricate, intricate, and detailed response means that Jacob had been thinking about that birthright for a long time. And this was his chance. I can imagine as he's mixing the stew, he also is aware that his brother is walking towards him from the, from the field. His brother gets closer and he says, okay, this is my chance. This is my opportunity to get that birthright. And as soon as Esau says, bruh, can I get that stew? Bet, give me your birthright. I, I feel like Esau was taken aback like, dude, that, what are you talking about? I just want some stew. Why are we talking about the birthright? And listen to Esau's response. Look, I'm about to die. So what is this birthright to me? So we also see something about Esau. Jacob was very calculated. Esau wasn't really thinking about the birthright. He was focused on what he was doing in the field and living his life. I don't care about the birthright, dude. But the question is, what is a birthright? So a birthright, according to the dictionary, a particular right of possession or privilege one has from birth, especially as the eldest child. So a birthright is no small thing. And Esau said, I'm about to die. Why do I care about the birthright? This is what we're seeing about these two men. We continue. Verse 33, then Jacob said, swear to me as of this day. So he swore to him. Esau swore to Jacob and sold his birthright to Jacob. Verse 34, and Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils 
Then he ate and drank and arose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Jacob wanted to make sure that Esau was going to give him his birthright. So he said, swear to it. Swear to me that you're going to give me your birthright. And Esau did it. Why? Because he despised his birthright. Two men, twins born to Isaac and Rebecca. They had prayed. They wanted children. And now they had Esau and Jacob, two boys, twins with very different characters and personalities. This is our introduction to the man named Jacob calculated, knowing what he wants and getting what he wants. So what can we learn from this first part about a man named Jacob? Practical application number one, as we go throughout our day, we must remember that we can take everything to God in prayer, just like Isaac and Rebecca did. Practical application number two, we need to remember that God longs to answer the prayers of his children. And practical application number three, we must remember that even if God doesn't answer immediately, we will still be blessed with strength as we wait. This is how Jacob's story began with his parents trusting and waiting on God. This is how his story began. And we saw how he also tricked his brother. What's going to happen next? We'll find out in our next study. Never forget that the word of God is life.